Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, just me at the top of the show to let you know of a few shows and of course the Patreon. So let's start with the Patreon. If you would like to hear Pod Machine, the sister podcast of this show, head over to patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. It is $5 American a month and you get a weekly episode. Plus you also get all the live, don't you know who I am, that I've been doing. Uh, there's been a few of them lately, so you can get on that as well. They're out once a month. Uh, really good episode of Pod Machine this week with Angie Hart. That's coming out from Frente. She gets to talk about Bizarre Love Triangle. It's going to be good. Also, I'm doing shows around as well. So if you are in Sydney, November 20, I'm coming up at the Vanguard. It's a Sunday afternoon show. So I'm doing Don't You Know Who I Am at 1.30. Doors will open at 1, followed by my show, Josh Earl Talks. So the Don't You Know Who I Am show, killer lineup. Becky Lucas, Daniel Walker, Tom Cashman, Ben Koshin. So looking forward to doing this one. Followed by Talks, which is you know one of my favorite shows to do. The ending's very good. You've got to come along and see the ending. It's real good. So that is uh, tickets at joshearl.com.au for those. If you're in Melbourne, I'm doing a Christmas show. All proceeds going to the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. This is at the European Beer Cafe, December 18, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Another, I like a Sunday show. What can I say? Uh, it's going to be super, super fun. So we're looking at Volume 17, Side A. So it's going to be really good. I've got some live performances. I've got some great guests. It's all it's all coming up great, okay? So head over to joshell.com.au for all the tickets there. That's all I need to say. Thanks, everyone, who's been giving it five stars on Apple Podcasts. Helps with the algorithm, and also it makes me feel good. That's really good. So if you are, you know, bored and you've got 20 seconds, head over to Apple Podcasts, give it five stars, or if you're on Spotify, listen to this, give it five stars there. Really, really helps. Anyway, enough from me. Let's get into this episode after the title music. Hello and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest collection of music compilations ever released in Australia. My name is Josh Earl. And joining me, very, very special guest. Please welcome into your ears, into your hearts. It's Jess McGuire, everyone. Yay. Oh, Josh, what a welcome. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for coming. Oh, it's just wonderful to sit next to you wearing a lovely Mac DeMarco shirt. He does not feature on 100% Hits. And it's not Mac DeMarco on it. It's Ernest from the Ernest Goes to Camp films. Yeah, but I thought that could be a Mac DeMarco shirt. It's not. It's just a shirt I found. Do you not think Red- that's something that Mac DeMarco could just light up a dart and, I and do think, yeah. offer up to his publicist? I, I do think that would be it, but I I saw it on Redbubble. It made me laugh. Not, yeah. not, this was, I bought this shirt in one of the many lockdowns. Mm. I bought this shirt along with one that says, it's Yahoo Serious as Young Einstein playing the guitar and underneath it it says the replacements and it made me laugh a lot (laughs) i bought the kath and kim one where they've done the cover of the sonic youth lp yeah great uh welcome we are doing 
Volume 14, Side A. Now, Jess, we're about the same age. I think I'm a little bit older. I think you're a little bit younger. I'm 40, 41. I'm 41. When's your birthday? March 7. Yeah, you're three months older. Damn it. Oh. Uh, but um, so you you would know these compilations oh, very much. I do. The only th- I, I actually possibly think I might have owned this one. The one that's more vivid to me is the one that you would have already done which is a 1992 100% Hits with Kate Bush's Rubber Band Girl. Yes. Yeah. I did that with Jimmy Watkins. Mm. And what did he think of that particular 100% Hits? He, we both loved it. Yeah. He had never heard Rubber Band Girl by Kate Bush. Oh, it's, a, it's from that kind of really, like that era where like if you were a Kate Bush critic, you probably don't hear them rave about yeah. it as much but i think it's got the, like the sensual world it's got um rubber band girl and it's got was it the red shoes it's, the no. red shoes yeah but it's got it's got and this is a killer song if you can go and listen to it her and prince collaborating oh and a lot of people don't know that that ever happened and it sounds like you go what does that song sound like i go it sounds literally like you put kate bush in a room with prince and they both exactly performed as you would expect Prince is coming up a lot on this. He did some wild collaborations with some... He loved it. ...not so great pop singers. Not oh, saying wait, Kate who, Bush is not. No, no, no. She's definitely in the good ones. But who... Because uh, I always wanted to do a tribute night, which was um, the songs of Prince performed by women. Because oh, he, he was always offloading oh, yeah. the songs. So do, who would you have done? Sinead? Uh, we, ha- we haven't s- spoken about Sinead O'Connor yeah. yet. Uh, but there was a, a boy band from America um, called... Um, oh, I can't remember the name. But they were, they were only big in Australia. But... Uh, P- they weren't called PYT. They weren't called Pretty Young Thing, but it was something like that. 3T? No, it wasn't 3T because that's, that's uh, Jackson's th- Tito's nephews. sons. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we've got a similarly disgusting amount of pop culture <laughs> floating in our brains. It's so dumb. Anyway, we're going to kick this off with a song that is so good, I even made it the intro song for the podcast. We've talked about it before on the second episode, in fact. This is Crystal Waters and her song, 100% Pure love. Sounds familiar. This is every school disco good time to me. This whole album, there's a song coming up which is absolute school disco. Jess? Just, it's a banger. It is, really. And as a wedding DJ, I don't play it. Ah. And I probably should, but... Fits with a theme, pure love. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Couldn't agree more. Um, Yeah, no, it's it's really, really good. And it reminds me of like, she did the one, the Gypsy song as well. Gypsy Woman. Gypsy Woman. Brackets, she's homeless. 
Yeah, and that was no one was talking about it back then. Well, this is the thing. She put. I read this today. She made sure they had. She's homeless there because everyone just wanted to la da dee la dee da. And they're like, oh, that's a catchy hook. And, and she goes, no, this is a song about a homeless woman. Mm. So she, she said, you have to go. And they put stickers on the rest of the uh, singles saying, in brackets, she's homeless. I mean, that's strong. Yeah, that's really strong behaviour. Yeah, and I like that. Um, she didn't do that with 100% pure love in any capacity. Though, no, she? she didn't put 100% stickers on it. When you listen to this, does this take like so it takes me to like year seven? Year it would have to be year eight school yeah. dances. 94. And yep. then you could probably push it into like it getting spun at year nine dances. Yeah, even uh, year ten dances. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd say in Bernie, the DJs down there weren't weren't getting the latest stuff. <laughs> it was year 12 formal, your own wedding. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so here's a bit of history about this song. So this is uh, the first single from her second album, Storyteller. So uh, She's Homeless, huge hit, okay? Uh, this was the follow-up. She took it to her production team, which are called the Basement Boys. She'd kind of written it out. She wanted a song that, because everything was gangster rap, and she's like, I don't want to be mean. I want, I want to talk about love. That's mm. what I'm about. I'm about love. And they said, precisely how much are you about love? She said, all of it, all of it. <laughs> So it wasn't, she, it started off being not the metric. She was like, I'm four-fourths pure love. No, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but she had the song and they went, we like the verses, hate the hook. Go away, write something else for the hook. She didn't have Back to Middle and Around Again. Ooh. So she went back, went, all right, I better get that. And then she emerged, she said. She, she went back to the middle and around again. That was what she was trying to do. And go, let's just put that hook in the song. And then she said, that'll be it. And the next draft, the lyrics were completed. So she went, all right, I'll take it home, do that, done it. Done. Incredible. This is what people said about it at the time, though. I find this very weird. So Larry Flick, who was a big, big writer for Billboard magazine, mm. he was the reviewer, okay? Every single act I look at their Wikipedia from this era has a review from Larry Flick. Is that him working extra on Wikipedia to make yeah. sure that he's the only ones linked? But he, he's, he's right for a lot of these songs. Mm. This one, he, this is what he says about it. Okay. Though it seemed impossible to come up with a hook as catchy as la-da-dee, la-dee-da. She's homeless, Larry. Yes. Waters and cohorts, the Basement Boys, have done exactly that and wrapped it with a dramatic strings and butt-shagging cowbells. Butt-shagging. That's not a phrase. Shaking, yes. Shaking, yeah. Shagging. He's made a huge mistake there. Or he is saying it will appeal to the gay market, which it did. So okay, there you it go. absolutely was butt shagging. This is what I found out about Crystal Waters as well. She was a model for Ford Modelling Agency. Yeah, she's quite a looker. And in 94, they made their entire, their entire like um, runway theme, 100% pure love. This song played, she came down the catwalk. Crowd goes wild. They would have loved it. I wouldn't recognise Crystal Waters if I fell over it. No. But I. But every time, like those two songs, I don't know any of her other stuff. Those two songs come on, I go, legend. Yes. She's really good. Whereas I know that every time a Desiree song comes on, because I used to, yeah, I, I yeah, I Desiree for some reason in my head as a youth was like a rival to Crystal Waters. Like yeah. A bummer rival, a bad rival. Oh, you you got to be Team Crystal. Yeah. Uh, this song, most popular in Australia, got to number two on the charts. That's nice when that happens. I hope that the artists appreciate that. Well, I reckon this CD had a lot to do with it because a lot of the songs we're going to talk of only only big in Australia. And chicken or egg? I, I guarantee it's this this album yeah. that's doing it. Uh, do you know what song kept it off the number one charts in 94? 
What is it? Love is All Around by Wet Wet Wet. Oh, yeah. It was hard to beat that one. I think that was that was number one for like 10 weeks in Australia. Yeah. We yeah. love that. Was it Trogs? A Trogs cover? I don't know. All I remember, every time I think of it, I think of Love Actually. Well, you have to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with Christmas is all around, which is great. All right. Hit. I'm going to say absolute banger. All right. Now, a song that I've not thought about. What is it? For 28 years? I've listened to it about eight times today. I'm, I'm a big fan of this song. This is Lucas with Lucas with the lid off. I've been practicing in my mind. When this started, I was like, I don't, I've never heard this song in my life. And then as soon as it kicks in, you go, oh yeah, that was the song. It's like they've condensed everything that was popular at the time into the one song. Mm. You've got a shaggy influence. You've got some hip-hop coming into it as well. He's also Danish, so you've got that kind of Euro-pop kind of influence. Yeah. It feels like a cousin of Gangstar's Lovesick. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, so good that it was on these compilations twice. All right. I reckon that's, that's enough. Okay. I get, I, and it goes on. It does go on. Go and watch the film clip. The film clip's very great. Hmm. Directed by Michelle Gondry. Yes. For the listener, Jess did a very wide-eyed face then. He's he's just delighting me with all of his facts. It's so good. Uh, so did you did you ever live in a share house that had those uh, directors collectors like collection DVDs? So it was Michelle Gondry, Chris Cunningham, Spike Jones. They were the first three. I did not. Oh, you, I did not. That's weird. Or they, they kept it in their room. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't. The Michelle Gondry one uh, was was the best one. And that had one DVD dedicated to Lucas. Hey, I, yeah, it was on there. This the uh, film clip was nominated for a Grammy. Didn't win, but it was nominated. That's so weird. The thing is, like, there is something in that song that is like has weaveled its way into my brain. Yeah, obviously back in '94, and then I've never heard it since. I've never thought about it since. I've never seen the name Lucas, the title Lucas in the middle. Lucas with the lid off. Lucas with the lid off. Yeah, I'm like nothing. And when I saw that on the list, I thought, well, this song, I've never heard this song in my life. And then as soon as it starts to go, oh no, yeah, 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 which is good. How's he doing now? He's doing very well. He's doing very well for himself. So his name is Lucas Seacon, Danish rapper. Uh, this is from his second album, Looser Centric. Loves putting his name in the, in the stuff, mm. which is good marketing. Uh, th- people say this, this kicked off the electro swing genre, which is a genre I've, I'm it's not... Huge. It's huge. It's it's, massive. It, it was big in the circus performers to hula hoop too, I reckon. <laughs> so uh, he's written for other artists though. This is what he's doing now. Has he done any work with Aqua? Hasn't done work with Aqua, but he has done work with bands that I think you might you might appreciate. So he's a writer and producer now. Yeah. Pussycat Dolls? No. Britney Spears? Yeah. But which Britney Spears songs? Uh, early, like, 2000s. Mm, I'd need to see a discography. Christina Aguilera? Which era? Same, same era. Mm. Kylie Minogue? 
Which era? <laughs> <laughs> Disco era? Yeah, I quite like all the Kylie stuff from that time. Moz Def? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Sugar Babes. Oh, what song did he do with Sugar Babes? He did five songs for the Sugar Babes yeah, in, what, in 2004. And what were they? I don't, Come on, mate. I don't know them What all. you're telling me is it's not Overload and it's not Round Round, is what you're telling me. When no. You go, I don't know. But something yeah, I don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so also he grew up in Copenhagen, very talented footballer as a youth. Mm. For 10 years, he was in the Copenhagen youth team. Mm. Uh, then music took over. He has a degree in psychology and philosophy. And he won... Spin Magazine's poetry competition that had 150,000 entries and he won with his poem Ice Age. Spin Magazine? Spin Magazine. The music magazine had, had a... Had a $150,000 prize for poetry. 150,000 entrants. Oh, yeah. Well, how much was the prize? I don't know what the prize was, but that's... Because I was like, no one gets any money from poetry. That's what, that's what makes it poetry. To beat 150,000 people, it's very good. It is really good. That's, you can tell, tell that's why... Pussycat Dolls would have got him in. But this is the thing. This is on – so this is not on his Wikipedia page. This is on his his artist um, page on Maloko Studios' webpage. And I, I know he wrote this himself, but that's fine. Yeah. We all do it in the, in the industry. You've got to write your own publicity. He claimed that he introduced Biggie Smalls to Puff Daddy. He got them working together. This – can, can we both just see how long we can try and do that lie in our in our uh, bios when uh, we submit them? I introduced Biggie yeah, and Puff Daddy. I did some time on the Spicks and Specs reboot. Um, funnily enough, introduced um, Biggie to Puff Daddy and have gone on to... Honestly, it. I can say I introduced um, Grandmaster Flash to Lisa McCune. That's... Well, did you? They were guests on the same show. Well, that's quite good. How did that not show not keep going? Anyway... <laughs> When, when you're getting fresh talent like a young Lisa McCune. <laughs> and another fucking opera singer. Anyway, let's move on. Ah, oh, this In the Earl Household, the song that this album's from. I knew you would love it. Huge. We only had 15 albums. Yeah. We, we only got our CD player this year. This was one of the first ones my older brother brought. It's R.E.M. from their monster album, Monster, and by monster, I mean monster mm. if you ever want to go into a second-hand record shop and, and buy a CD. I reckon they'll have 40 copies for you. This is What's the Frequency, Kenneth? Okay. You don't like it? Oh, actually, I think it's more palatable as far as a band that I don't feel any feelings for. Yeah. I don't actively, like, hate them. Yeah. I just, when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. And then when I, when it came on, I was like, oh, yeah. But I just, 
I don't find joy in going out and listening to the music of REM, but I will give them this. I hate it way less than I actively hate Everybody Hurts and Losing My Religion. Okay. Which I cannot stand either of those songs. So this I'm like, okay. And I feel like I like Orange Crush and I feel like I like Ebo the Letter. Yeah. And Night Swimming. Night Swimming, yeah. Great song. One of the most beautiful songs ever. Chris Martin says it's the most beautiful song ever written. Well, Chris Martin thinks that Girls Aloud is the best girl band. So he's clearly right when he's right. Yeah. Um, I... I mean, four songs out of how big is their back catalogue? Uh, REM. Yeah. Oh, so what was? What are we looking at? Eighty-one, I think. Eighty-two yeah, was then. Got all those heaps the, of songs. Hey. Yeah, and then they not said, a good strike rate for me. Well, the, here's the thing. So tell me, tell me why I should love it. You don't have to love this song. No, no I appreciate it. But that. here's the thing. So I, the record label really wanted people to love this album. Yeah. A lot of money was pushed into this. Marketing, it was this everywhere. Is post, this is the second one after Automatic for the People. Yeah. One after Automatic for So they were beloved college radio band. Ten years, just people loving them. The lyrics were indecipherable. People were like, it's so mysterious. It's great, okay? Then they signed to a major. They released Out of Time. People really like that album, even though it's not that good an album. Mm-hmm. Listen to it now; it's very. It's, it's Does got, it have anything on it that I've mentioned that I like? Yeah, losing my religion. No, I hate that. Yeah, I know, okay, but continue. that's on there. Yeah. Okay, no, uh, I hate that album too. Then okay, then they release Automatic for the People, huge album for for a while. They're the biggest band in the world. Okay, they release that album. Everyone, everyone loves everybody hurts apart from you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and my old housemate Keith, who I was with today, okay. and we listened to it in the car, and we agreed, we hated it. Yeah. Um, which one of Shiny Happy People was that? That was Out of Time. Yeah. They hate that song. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And you know what? It's your best bop, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like the chick from the B-52s. All right. So then they, they biggest band in the world, all right, do a follow-up. Kurt Cobain dies. Michael Stipe is, this is his answer to that all happening. He's very sad, and he's like, okay, that was a, someone I admired a friend he and Courtney Love he like there was rumours about them as well being a couple for a while I don't think that's I don't think that's no Uh, so this song though was the first single from it and everyone was like whoa okay it's it's a rocker but it's okay well we'll we'll wait until the album okay people didn't really like the album and you'll see in Dixon's Across the Land many many copies of this but this song so the title refers to uh, in 86, CBS uh, News anchor Dan Rather uh, was accosted on the street in his apartment and attacked by two men on Park Avenue. And one of them kept on repeating, Kenneth, what is the frequency? Kenneth, what's the frequency? Hmm. At the time, he said, I got mugged. Who understands why? I don't know. I don't know what happened. And then I wish I, uh, wish I knew who did it and why, but I have no idea. Okay. And it was a weird story that people kind of was like, oh, do you reckon that really happened? Or do you reckon he's just one of these reporters trying to say, this happened on the streets of New York and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, trying to, you know, season five of The Wire kind of stuff, like make your own news. All right. Then a few months later, uh, things got darker. Oh, no, not a few months, a a few years later. uh, A person working, okay. A man named William Tager was arrested in 94 for killing a Today Show stagehand named Campbell Montgomery as part of an attempt to discover what the frequency that NBC was using to beam signals into his brain, which apparently was the motivation for why he attacked Dan Rather. So this guy clearly had some mental health issues, saying, oh, it's the the beams from the satellite towers into my brain that NBC is making me act like this, and he wanted to know what the frequency was to try and shut it down. And so Tager was charged with uh, Rather's attack. Oh, no, he was never charged with uh, Rather's attack, but he was charged with the murder of... Uh, the, the stagehand 
and he got released in 2010. And he never found out the frequency. Well, I'm not sure you can just ring up the just NBC page desk. They didn't have Google back then. <laughs> That's the, We can't laugh at that. Oh, I can. I can cut it out. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Anyway, big song in the old household. He only had 15 CDs in 94. I mean, I appreciate that like lots of people that I love, love them. Yes. And I accept that. And there's, yeah, but I just, I just can't connect with Michael Stipe's voice. He doesn't need me to. He's very rich no. and successful. He's fine. He's a bit kooky too. I like that about him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a bit kooky. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Oh, four good songs in a row. What's good is that I know that I've listened to these, but I've forgotten the order of them. Yeah. So I'm ex- I don't know what's going to come up. This is Warren G and Nate Dogg from the soundtrack of Above the Rim. This is Regulate. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steal if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon, Warren G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the eve, so I could get some phones, rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC, on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G, seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak, all of you search know what's up with 213. So I hooked a left, on 21 and Lewis, some brothers shooting dice, so I said let's do this, I jumped out the rock, and said what's up, some brothers pulled some gas, so I said I'm since these girls peeping me, I'm all glad and swerve. These hookers looking so hard, they straight hit the curve. Want to bigger, better things than some horny tricks. I see my homie and some suckers all in his mix. I'm getting jacked, I'm breaking myself. I can't believe they taking Warren's wealth. They took my rings, they took my Rolex. I looked at the brother, said, damn, what's next? They got my homie hemmed up and they all around. Can't none of them see him if they going straight down for pound. They want to come up real quick before they start to clown. I best pull out my strap and lay them bust. They got guns to my head. I think I'm going down. I can't. I was bopping and now it's so violent. I think with age, I really appreciate Snoop. He's so smooth. It's not Snoop. It's Nate. I know. I, I, as a kid, thought it was Snoop Dogg as well. Even though I have looked at Warren G and Nate Dogg, yeah. I've been like, and Snoop obviously is somehow in there. No. Like, but before his menu log years. They are. Isn't that, that's the weirdest thing. I think there's a whole genre of music called menu log. Is Australia the new Japan where they think they can just do an, do an ad and Phone go, no, no one knows. No one knows. No one's going to. It's all sticky icky. That, but, but so it's, it's Snoop's cousin though, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Nate Dogg is Snoop's cousin. Yeah. That is nuts because you know where you have that thing in your brain where you know the information but your yeah. brain refuses to put it together? I'm like, I know that that's Warren G and Nate Dog. I DJ that. Yep. And in my head I was like, and wonderful to hear Snoop. <laughs> Snoop is also there. That's so wild. Yeah. I don't know that I appreciated it as much at the time when this came out in 94. I didn't either. I, I remember really, I think we rented Above the Rim because it looked like it was about basketball. And there's very little basketball in this movie. Mm. Tupac is very good in it. But at, at 14, 13, didn't really understand Did what was going on. Did you enjoy Basketball on. Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio? No, I really wanted to. I thought that was going to be good. <laughs> yeah, and there was not as much basketball in that as you would have liked to. No. See, this song reminds me, I dated... Oh, this, is, this story is about to get really dark. Okay, that's all right. Okay. When I was like a young young little egg, I dated some boy from I went to a private girls' school and he went to the public boys' school. But he was a bit of a dick and he was always like very stoned. I barely spent any time with him. Yeah. But he would call me out sometimes. 
and he um, – I broke up with him. I was like 13 or 14 yeah. and he stole my bus pass and he held it hostage and he rang up to try and get me back by holding my bus pass hostage. And then he he was a big fan of that kind of hip-hop and Easy e and stuff like that. So yeah. he wrote a rap for me and he rapped it over the phone. All right. Funny. Ha, ha, ha. And so that reminds me of just like, oh, that guy. What was it? Anyway. You know, during lockdown and you're sitting there and you've got time on your hands and I thought to myself, oh, yeah, no, actually 15 years ago when MySpace is happening or yes. even longer ago, I see him on MySpace and he's got a guy in his photo with him, an older guy, and I'm like, oh, is he gay? That's fabulous. What a fabulous turn of events. And I, you know, we start chatting and then it turns out, no, he's not, he's not gay and he says some kind of objectionable things about women and I go, that's probably enough of you and I don't think about him again till lockdown. Then I Google him, just thinking, wonder what he's up to. He's no longer a stoner. I know he's in finance. He's been, I mean, this is not a joke. He's been savagely murdered in South Africa by some sex workers he hired while on their on secondment for like one of the huge banks of the world. And like, and the photo of him and the guy that I thought was his gay lover it's in one of the articles. It's just him and one of the Australian cricket team. I just don't know cricketers. So oh. I just thought it was an older man that maybe he was gay with. I don't know if you need to cut this out or whatever. So it's, he's, he's in arm in arm with Glenn McGrath. Yeah, possibly. And he's gone to South Africa to do some big game hunting with Glenn McGrath. Yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah. It's all. It's like awful. Maybe we need to cut all of this out. It's too depressing. I don't even need to cut it out. Yeah, it's that's a bit fine. depressing. But it's really full on when you kind of go, oh, oh that's funny. I wonder what that guy's yeah. up to. That, and then you look up and you go, Oh, you have been the victim of a very brutal crime yeah. and a mystery that I don't even think anyone's been properly arrested for it. He, he, see, I did, I did all that as well in lockdown. Like you look up, looked e- up everyone. ex-people who I used to hang out with. There was one who was brought to my attention that a girl who I was really good friends with in year 12, she didn't live in Burnie. And so like she lived like her house was like three hours away. So she would had a house. Mm-hmm. So her house was the house we would go party at. Well, she's now living in Byron Bay and she's really into the Byron Bay lifestyle. Do you know that show Byron Bay's? Yes. She was one of the people on Byron Bay. Which one? I was forced to watch that. So she was, um, oh, she's about sound healing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I don't want to say her name. No. I'll tell you off air. Yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah. And it was like, she's really into just 100% pure love, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. Radiates it. But in, high, in college, she was not like yeah. that at all. She was like, we were stealing like, the a whole packet of like McDonald's fudge, like we had pe- friends who worked at Macca's, so still the whole bladder of fudge. I was not aware that was a possibility. Yeah. Or I would have broken into more Macca's and, as a teenager. And we'd, we'd be at her house, and this is another thing we did once. She had a foot spa. It was all, when foot spas were all the rage. Yeah. So we put some like detergent in the foot spa, and her it just went up, and her whole house was just a foam party, and we were sitting in this foam sucking the like. Um, the fudge and just drinking goon and it was like i cannot imagine now she's like all about my body's a temple like let's, let's what an do amazing this. like youth we've both had that remind us so much of the gangster lifestyle yes. depicted in the song regulate by warren g and nate dog all right so here's it so this was uh it was the number one video on mtv because it, it was a good video it showed lots of about above the rim and also uh warren g and nate dog so they censored the lyrics and the, one of the lyrics they censored was cold because he says, I, I shot him oh, shot him cold. 
they censor that, but they didn't censor when Johnny Cash saying, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die, which is the same, the same concept. It's just killing someone. But because this is gangster rap, they, they censored that. But in country music, it's allowed. Mm. I can't think of any possible reason in America why <laughs> why that would happen. There's certainly no difference between, yeah. Anyway, other thing is they go to the Eastside Motel at the end of it. He takes some sex workers. Eastside East... Motel. There is not an Eastside Motel in Long Beach. What? No. But you'd think... After the success of this song, someone would have built would one. go. Let's let's name our hotel the fucking Eastside Motel. We'll get a lot of people coming here. I mean, they'll only be hiring in the room for an hour, but still, yeah. we'll get some people in per hour. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good song. But it's a, it, it's a great song. But it definitely like I didn't appreciate it until I reckon the last fifteen years. And now when it comes on, I go regulators and I have a good time. Uh, yeah, it got it uh, got to number two in the states. Pitchfork said it's one hundred eighth best song in the nineties. It's pretty good. <gasps> And uh, it samples Michael McDonald from the Doobie Brothers. I keep mm. forgetting. That's oh, the yeah. Song. yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com All right, moving on. Now, this song is sums up this, like, me as a young boy, 13 years old, watching Rage, for some reason, this song seemed to always be on. And it wasn't. It was in and out in six weeks. But for me, it was like always there. I this wonder is if it's what I think. You Suit and Door oh. and Nena Cherry. Yeah. This is seven seconds. It did feel like it was incessantly in your face. Trilingual, the first song in the compilation to ever be trilingual. So what are we dealing with? English, French, French and, and Wolof, which is a Sinhalese. Yeah. It's got to get to the hook. We get it. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. This was number one in France for 16 weeks. Oh, they would have loved it. A record at the time. Yeah. Yep. It was the only thing that stopped Vanessa Paradis nonstop <laughs> streak of number one. So this is what Nina Cherry said about it. She said it's about the first seven seconds of a child's life 
where it's all positive and it's all downhill from there. Isn't that a gloop? Seven seconds. What a good time, Gal. Eagle Eye is the one that's the fun one in yeah. that family. But it's like kids. Look, different parts of the world is different for some people. But like a bit longer than seven seconds, yeah. you're still. So they're doing a lot of screaming often initially. Yeah, and it's, we no longer smack the baby when they come no. out. They go straight. They latch on straight away if that's they right. can, and they're in they're in absolute bliss. Oh, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah, for a while. For a while, yeah. Uh, I remember when, when my eldest son was born, my first child, and he was born, it was all, he latched on, it was beautiful, mm. and then it was my turn to take him. I thought, did he I latch on with you too? Didn't try to. Yeah. Like he, they looking, and I went to dress him, they put him in a little onesie, and he's down there, and I'm, it's all nice, and they've got the thing at the hospital, or the birthing suite, the birthing unit, and then I'm like, what's that smell? It stinks in here. And my hair was being singed by the heat lamps. Oh. This was back in the day when I had quite big hair. <laughs> and I um, almost singed all the top of my hair off um, at the hospital. So, you know. I really thought that was going to end in The pregnancy poop. was pretty bad for me too, uh, the birth. Um, so this is uh, Nina Cherry, Buffalo Stance. Mm-hmm. Good song. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. Caused controversy when she played it on Top of the Pops in 89. Because she was six months pregnant at the time. And the English press were like, a pregnant lady on television doing a rap song? Well, I never. Yeah. Which I think, 89. Like, that's so weird that they were still hung up about that. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I think we've lived through a lot, Josh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, Yusuf Ndor, Senghalese art musician. Probably the most famous uh, African musician. Uh, and they say in Senghalese... Not Sinhalese. What's what's the country called? I don't know. Senegal. Senegal. That's it. I've uh, never seen you look more confused. It looked painful. Yeah, it did. I, sh- I should have written it down. I've just written West Africa. He is the most famous musician, like yeah. bigger than the Beatles. There, like just the most famous. Okay, brilliant man, activist, politician, instrumental in organising concerts to free Mandela in '85. Love it. In 2003, he cancelled his American tour because he didn't want to support the war in Iraq. Didn't want to even go to the country. Unlike the chicks. The chicks, well, they got in big trouble. They got in big trouble. Is he just, he's still doing all right though, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing Were good. there massive ramifications for his US tour cancellation? No, he just didn't go to America. Yeah, he yeah, was fine. Yeah, he's, he's, fine. A, he's a hero in his own country. Yeah. Uh, he also set up an initiative uh, called Project Yoko, or Yoko. I don't know how, if the J is an H or a J, uh, which is establishing internet cafes in Senegal so they can connect to the rest of the world. He like just went, let's get the internet here. Did he get to do that because of the money he made from Seven Seconds? Well, it must have been part of that. He was also... Uh, Did he write that with Nana? Yeah. Yeah, so but, good money. And he came to global prominence because uh, Peter Gabriel had him in the uh, World Music Initiative and he did a song with Lou Reed. Yeah, in that. He also played in all the Live Eights in 2005. He did like three in a row where he played with Dido. Wow. Yeah. Even 2008 feels too late for Dido. No, 2005. But still then, yes. Still too late for Dido. Yeah. All right, moving on. Now, to Australia, our first, well, kind of, kind of Australian. We adopt them. Well, she, she, at this point, she was an Australian citizen. So this is Wendy Matthews and Standing Strong. What's good about this? That terrible harpsichord sound. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy Matthews dominated radio in the early 90s. Yeah. Right. 94 is a bit later than I thought, but she, you know, even with Absent Friends and then a couple of her solo things, when I saw the name of this song, I was like, I don't think I know this one. But of course I do. Seems like all 
this feels a bit crowded house to me. I've Did written, you feel it I, as well? I've written it down. Good. It's crowded housey until you get to the chorus, yeah. and then it feels Christian television ad from yeah. the nineties. So I looked up to see if Neil Finn had a hand writing it. No, no fingerprints. But then she brings it home. Yeah. This is the bit I don't like. Not oh. for me, that bit. Oh, really? No. She's just showing she can go a bit high. I know, I know what, I understand. It must be fun to perform that bit live. That that hooky chorus is just, it must tap into some DNA of all songs because my, when again, because I was listening to it with a, with a friend of mine I was working with today and he was like, I don't think I know this. I don't yeah. think I know this. And when the chorus hit, like instinctively we could predict what the next line, having not yeah. heard this song probably for however many years it's been. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. This won, this won the APRA Music Award in 95 for the most performed Australian work of that year. So either she played it a lot mm. or I guess radio play? I don't know. I don't know. I was, on tri- I was listening to Triple J then. Yeah, I don't, Do I don't I mean? understand what the APRA Music Awards are about because yeah, well, that's the... What were they listening to on mainstream radio? We don't know. Yeah. They could have been this on repeat for all we know. Could so have been Agro, Agro and Wendy Harmer and they, they were just playing it nonstop. We wouldn't have any idea. We've talked about Wendy Matthews a bit on the show. So there's no, there's no new facts yeah. apart from this one. In 2000, she was part of a cast of the musical theatre production Godspell that never made it to the stage. They couldn't, what went wrong? Couldn't get the funding. Couldn't get the funding. Do you know how Jesus Christ Superstar yeah. had the funding? Oh, it had the funding and I went. Had, had an all-star cast. This was kind of the follow-up to that. This was the cast. Angry Anderson. He was oh, in he's both. getting a run again. Yeah. Jimmy Barnes. I'm in. Go on. Deborah Byrne. Oh, yeah. Death Effects' Fiona Horn. Ooh, that strong pivot. Belinda Emmett. Paul Mercurio. Terence Trent Darby. He doesn't go by that name anymore. I know. We've talked about him as well on, on Hit Machine, the um, pod machine. The it was other a confusing podcast. day when I went to look up one of his songs. Well, he's also, he's in the Avalanche's new, he's on the Avalanche's new record as one of the singers there. Is he? Yeah. And with, and, along with Rivers Cuomo? Yeah. And like, he's like, interesting life, old Terence Trent Darby. Yeah. Yeah. Because even Trent Darby wasn't his real name. Who are you? Yeah. Was he the lead singer of In Excess for a while? For a little bit, but even yeah. I was. So, yeah. like everyone had a crack at being the lead singer of In Excess. I literally knew someone that was in In Excess briefly, who was like, "We're not doing much. We're just hanging out on an island at the moment." That's why I think someone left because they weren't doing anything. Was it uh, who else was in In Excess? Oh, maybe, maybe it was um, John Stevens. Was like, "Hey, I, I just can't hang around and wait for you guys to yeah. do songs. I'm going to go off and do my own own career." I don't know what's going on with them. They just should have. They just should have folded when Michael Hutchins died and had a nice time with their money. I, I, I understand that as well, but like if you love performing. Oh, I get that, but yeah. it's like you, you're not in excess. No, you're not, but. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You're Aldi in excess. 
I, I, I get oh, it. That's okay. Except Pretty Vegas, which was a surprising banger after that. I don't think I ever heard that song. Pretty Vegas was when they did the reality show. And then oh, okay. JD Fortune, oh my God, talking about yeah. JD Fortune won. And it was his song, Pretty Vegas. It ain't pretty when a pretty leaves you. Like, it was actually okay, but it didn't sound like anything like In Excess, which was its strong point. Who's the member of La Tigra who's got JD in their name? JD Sampson. When I was working as a breakfaster <laughs> on Triple R, a job that you know very well, oh, yes. uh, they mentioned JD Sampson's coming. And I went, what? The guy who's the In Excess singer. <laughs> and Beck, the uh, program manager, gave me the filthiest look. Really? Yeah. Oh, she was. She couldn't. Couldn't believe. That's, that's a fireable event. Well, yeah, I got fired. On yeah. I got given an interview with Leo Sayer once, right at Triple R. Yes. Great. Interviewed Leo at the end of the interview because he was here on a tour. Yeah. He but, lived here for a while. I think. Like, where, where are you playing? Leo says playing at the Palms. I go wonderful. Thank you for being a great guest. I got the shit blasted out of me. Because I should never have mentioned where he was playing because it's not an approved venue because it's a bad place because of gambling. I get that, but I was like, you got why, him on the show then. Why, why give me Leo Sayer who's here to promote a tour and then say I can't yeah. say where he's playing? That's a secret game that I didn't know. I just wanted to do, you make me feel like dancing and have a nice chat to him. Could have been someone coming on talking about bikes for a bit. <sighs> like you've taken the spot. <laughs> Good memories, good times. Uh, yeah, okay. We're going to cover all of that up. <laughs> no, it's in. I love it. All right, that's Manny Matthews standing strong. All right, let's move on to another song. When I when I we mentioned earlier about school dances, this one. I already hate it. For yeah, go years on. and years, years and years was yeah, used and, and near you, the end. You were not pashing someone. It was a lonely few minutes. Oh, okay. Here is All For One oh. and their song, I Swear. Such Not appreciated the sense till I had these headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> I see the questions in your eyes. Oh. I know what's weighing on. It's so bad. It's it's real like, bad. Boys to men do those slow jams that are horny AF yeah. and that makes them really good, but this one has already come his pants. Like he's got nothing for you. There's four members, hence the name all four one. Yeah. Listeners, I didn't even bother writing them down. I don't even want to no. give them their, their kudos for having a massive song. Massive. Did they write it? Do you know that much? We're about to talk about this. Oh. oh, bring it back again, Lonely Boys. And all I can think about is like those school dancers and everyone else pashing and all like the Italian Catholic boys in their big keppers. Do you remember keppers, those trousers? No. We used to call them that, but I grew up in New South Wales. Those big skating jeans. Oh, okay. Real baggy. All I remember, the JJs had the big jeans and they had like a white and black stripe down the side of them. I had Maybe. a couple of them and they were jumbo size. Jumbo size. And I wore them. And as a short as a short man, oh, I was a short kid as well, <laughs> just looked so dumb. The we, dumbest look ever. Keppers, we called them. And like all of the boys were in those big keppers and probably all the girls were in those big keppers. It was not a good, not a good vibe. I just want to apologies to uh, Serena, Karen, to Neil and Rebecca, I would have slow danced to, at high school to you to this song, just grinding my little dick on you. I'm so sorry. Did you? 
Oh. Who are those four women? These are high school girlfriends. Oh, my Lord. See, you're still a bit of a player, even with your, like, tiny man jeans on. Tiny man jeans. Big, big, Grinding big your old little jeans. dick on them. I, I, it was just dancing. We'll, da- we'll slow dance into this I song. I think that was a very and I wasn't grinding, grinding sentence that's going to haunt my dreams. Well, <laughs> all right. Here's the history of this song. Written by Gary Baker and Frank Myers, who went by the name Baker and Myers. They were a country outfit. Oh. They wrote the song in 87. I can hear the flaccid country in it. Mm. They wrote it in 87. They went, this is a hit song. We need to give it to someone big. Kenny Rogers heard it. I like it, but I'm going to pass. Not for me. God bless you, Kenny. Kenny wrote it. In 92, they recorded a new demo of the song, and a year later it got the attention of country singer John Michael Montgomery. Mm. Michael Montgomery recorded in 93, and it was a successful hit on the country charts. And Atlantic Records thought this song has potential crossover, but back then the country charts and the pop charts never the twain shall meet. Do you know Garth Brooks... Biggest biggest recording artist of the nineties in America yeah. didn't only got on the uh, Billboard Hot One Hundred one time because he refused to release singles because he's a country artist. Oh, I love that! Except for when he was Chris Gaines, Chris Gaines, he was a rock star. Number four that went into that was because that people knew it was Garth Brooks, so they bought it. No, like, how could you know it was Garth Brooks? He perfectly disguised himself. <laughs> he's from the Gold Coast, <laughs> Brisbane. I think he said he was from. <laughs> so funny. The Chris Gaines Garth Brooks malarkey is still one of the great joys. It's of my so life. good. So good. All right, do you want to hear the John Michael Montgomery version? Here it is. It sounds like it should, which is just so bad. Yeah. Also, this isn't good country either. It's nice that a song can be equally shit across so many genres. This sounds like... you. This sounds like me getting a massage at Barclay Square where they have the instrumentals yes. playing. I was going to say, your cousin's playing at your wedding, so they're doing a version of it. Without the vocals and just a little melody line being played yeah. on the piano and sort of like just the wrong chord occasionally so there's no copyright issues. Isn't it weird? This is getting the $10 neck rub at Barclay, Barclay Square. Those kind of places will play Christmas songs those, but in July. Just mm. go, oh, we're going to play just these kind of weird little keyboard Christmas songs while you're getting your, your shoulders rubbed. And when I get my nails done, which will be happening tomorrow, they have YouTube compilations that are heavy with Westlife. Yeah. Lots of, more Westlife than I think Westlife probably deserves. But like, and then sometimes like keyboard versions of just those songs. Yeah. It's good. It relaxes me. Anyway, so Atlantic Records went, this is this could be a, a hit song. We just need the right people to sing it. Yeah. So they, All For One had their album already, already like made. Can you tell made. me a bit about All For One? I know you don't want to, but like. Do they are they anything that I should care about at all? They had a they had they were an a cappella group. Yeah, had a number four hit single on the Billboard charts, which was a surprise to even the label. Like, oh, these these guys. Yeah. So they rushed through another album, wrote some songs, and the label heard it went. It doesn't have any hits on it. Mm. I've got the song for you. So they teamed him up with David Foster. Oh yes, King of Flaccid. Yes. So he had a history of doing like country songs to pop. So he did. Whitney Houston's yes. uh, I Will Always Love You, the Dolly Parton song. No, I'm aware, yeah. Um, for the listener, for the <laughs> listener. Oh, this one went to number one in the US for 11 fucking weeks. It's the who? En- the entire summer. The entire summer in America, this song was number one. Like, I don't understand who would hear that and actively go, I need to hear that whenever I can at home, I shall purchase a copy. This so. In Australia, 
number one for six weeks. Two, six weeks too long. We had like wet, 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 love is all around and then this. It was a flaccid time. So I, and I keep saying the word flaccid, but that's what it feels like to me. It's just like there is no energy or spirit or heart. It's weak, limping, kind of just bleh. And we gobbled it up in Australia in the early 90s, mid-90s. All for one, still together with the original lineup. Well, that's They're on the, nost- good. the Nostalgia Tour. Uh, they they were doing jingles for a while, mm. singing jingles, and then uh, yeah, but they're still still together. No lineup changes. Uh, the only thing, the only change from the uh, John Michael Montgomery version and this version in the lyrics is in the original version they say, "And when there's silver in your hair," and they replaced it with, "And when just the two of us are there," because bitches don't get old. People do not get old. Yeah. All right. Moving on. I hated that song. And can I tell you, the inclusion of that song in our nine songs today has dramatically affected my score okay. for this. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on then. Hopefully this will get it back up. This is Alicia Bridges and I Love the Nightlife, brackets, disco round, end bracket. Sean. We've got it. Yep. Great. All right. So, banger. Well, it's from that 94 was a really strong year of like quite gay in the best possible way, like kind of disco music getting in the charts. Thanks to Muriel's Wedding and Priscilla, Queen Queen of the the Desert. Desert. So, listeners, you all know what my first album was. I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. You know it was Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So, this song. It's a good album. Very good album. This song, first released in 78, hit in a number of countries, number five in the US. It got top 10 in Australia, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Canada. Re-released because it was on the soundtrack to Priscilla. Now, I'm not going to talk about that album because I did love that album, but I am going to talk about how I went and saw that movie in 94 with my friend Ryan Petterwood at the yeah. Burnie Village Wine Cinema. Yeah. Can I say, hats off to me and Ryan, being some progressive little boys. In regional Tasmania in a very working class town where like we didn't did you cop any grief no it was just the, it much was, like the drag queens in Priscilla queen of the, the desert movie. We just as went, they went through the outback three guys in a bus traveling across the outback okay so this can I tell you the one thing I actually have recently looked into Alicia Bridges yes and and because we listen to slight sidetrack I work I work a few days a week in a truck with a lot of young lads, right? Yeah. And the radio station we've all agreed that we can listen to. Can I guess? Yeah. Gold. No. Oh. It is a digital station um, called, uh, oh, my God. It's the, it's the 90s one. I've just had a complete blank. It's my favourite. It's my favourite radio station in the truck. It's not unlimited 90s. Do you know why I'm upset? Because basically it's Danny Minogue's radio station. Okay. 
What is it called? Danny Minogue, future guest on this show. No. She's going to come on. On something known as hits. Is it 100% hits the radio station? It may as well. We have to look it up. All right. While you're doing that, I'll talk about it. So Alicia Bridges, very happy to be included in the Priscilla soundtrack, not only because of the royalties, but also Alicia Bridges, a lesbian herself. This is what I was going to tell you because this song came on on the radio station that I will look up later. When I looked her up, I was like, I said to my friend, I go, oh, she's a lesbian. That's great. Then I saw a picture of her. And for all this time, I did not know she was a white lady. Yes, I was and, the same when I found I was out today. Flawed. Well, I was doing research into this today and I didn't look up any images of her. I just went on the internet and didn't have to do that. Here's what she said in 78. So about, you know, singers. Mm-hmm. She said that she's not a fan of white female singers. The only two that she's a fan of are Janis Joplin and, and Joni Mitchell. She goes, they just don't move. She goes, I was, she was a big fan of like uh, Tina Turner, Gladys Knight, all these, all these acts. That's who her influences were. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm expecting a, a, a black woman as well. No. No. But she talks about her movement. She dances like Elaine from Seinfeld. I'm going to show you. This, this is, so I'll put it in the show notes so you people can listen. So, so for those who want to know, she, she's got short crop blonde hair. She's wearing like a leather outfit. I mean, the signs were there if I'd ever laid eyes on her. <laughs> She's just doing a little bit of a shuffle. She's got the mum shuffle going, but yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a lane. It's a good mum shuffle. Anyway. Um, she also seems to be doing the hand gesture that is <laughs> quite problematic. Anyway, um, It's Old School with a K, 90s hits. Yes. Is the name of the digital radio okay. station. And Danny Minogue doesn't host it. But in my head, they obviously it's, get her in and she records bulk segues, yeah. right? That are often like the longest bow or just they take real random turns, which I enjoy quite like. And then they just would scatter it throughout. They'd play like five songs in a row and then throw in a Danny Minogue random thing. But in my head, and I would say to the boys that Old School Nights Hits was Danny Minogue's lockdown project and she runs it herself from her garage based on all the free CD singles that she got in the 90s. And sometimes Kylie comes to visit and Danny like yells at her off air like, Kylie, I'm trying to do my fucking job. Like a dart and lots of coffee cups and whatever. And and it, the only way I can explain the lack of flow in the songs is if Danny Minogue is doing it herself, yeah. like which I love the idea of, but it will be like Say My Name by Destiny's Child. And then it will be like a Soundgarden song. And then it will be something. And you go. It's like this podcast. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's incredible. Well, that's why I feel that like you would enjoy that if you got in the car. I should. But since I got back to Melbourne, I've not heard Danny. Not heard Danny. And I'm really worried. I feel like maybe she's shut up the garage. Danny, if you're listening, oh. and I've been told that you are a fan of comedy, if you're listening, <laughs> come on the show. I love it so much. Yeah. That station. But yeah, that inspired me. They were playing that song and I was like, oh, I'm going to look up Alicia Bridges. And well, then, of course, white lesbian. Alicia Bridges won't be on the show again. This is a one, one and done. Yeah. So here's one little fact about her. In 83, a woman was arrested in Nashville for pretending to be Alicia Bridges. So, And Alicia drove from her home in Atlanta down to Nashville to go to the uh, court case to make sure that she goes away. Yeah. Well, you don't want anyone dining off your good name. No. All right. What are you getting in 1983? Because when that song came out in the 70s, am I right? 78. So five years later. Do you reckon you're dining on? Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you getting out of name dropping Alicia Bridges? Probably a free drink or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe in gay bars. I feel like she'd probably still be royalty. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. All right. This is our final song. 
for side A of volume 14. This is Motive 8 and their song, Rockin' For Myself. That is rockin' for myself, motivate. Thoughts? Oh, uh, it just reminds, like, I mean, I was kind of, my sister moved overseas, she was a lot older, in literally in 94. Yeah. And so I gathered up all of her, like, pixie CDs and wore flannel, and so I I was way too good for something like Yes. That was not my scene, that kind of techno thing. But it does sound like every other song like that that came out in 1994. However... When I, again, it's another one like the Lucas song. When I saw the title and the artist, I was like, I have no idea what this is. And as soon as it came on, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that I, makes sense. I had no idea and I don't think I'd ever heard it before. Oh, really? Yeah. But so it's... Uh, who's, a, it, who's it sampling? Well, it's... Uh, original loop vocal was Anne-Marie Smith on an Italian dance uh, song um, called Move Your Feet. That's what it was called. But uh, this is a British singer called Angie Brown doing the vocal for it. But she's not in the film clip. Mm. She was just a hired – and in the film clip they have hired a model to do – I hate when they do that. They do it a lot in the 90s. Yeah. Just will get someone in to like do that. Stand in. And I think it's interesting though because the model, like it's – she's very attractive. But it's not like your standard 90s beauty in there. It's like it's a woman of colour who's, you know, plus size and looks cool. Like it's a big soul – Looks like it's a big soul singer. But you didn't look at her and go, oh, that's a model that's standing in for no, the real singer. No. You're like, that seems like a legitimate yeah. singer. Well, so, that's good casting so is what that's called, So either Angie Brown was like, I'm not going to do it. I, I don't have time yeah. to do the film clip. Um, like Margaret Oreck. Rest in peace. Yeah. What a legend. Do you know who was a big fan of this song? Who? Jarvis Cocker of Pulp. <laughs> Love this song and approached uh, Steve, who is Motivate, to do a remix of Common People. Gave him credit and... Motive 8 also were respon- not responsible. I think they Motive were Motive 8 sound like it's so bad, isn't it? So many kind of like tech or like recruitment companies in IT that I've Serena Russell and Motive 8. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> have I told you my Serena Russell story? No, but I'll tell I've got one for you as well. God, we are the same age and we've had the same life. When I when I first moved to Melbourne, I had I had a job. Me too. I had a job but it was only 12 hours a week, so yeah. I had to still be on some benefits for a while. And you go on that for like three months and you've got to go to Serena Russell. It's a job agency, if you don't know. So in And Melbourne. she's also like a big Liberal Party donor and has made a lot of money from getting government contracts, getting able to handle finding people jobs. She's a big personality as well. Mm, she is. So we were doing our how to write a CV, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, you know, I wasn't bemoaning it, but I'm like, I've got two degrees. I know how I'm doing. I've got a job. I just, I'm, I just want to do comedy. So this is, you know. So she just walks into the office. In, I mean, I can't believe you actually. Yeah, and that they were like, it's a big day today. She's coming in. She walked in, pointed at me and went, 
you're a good looking boy. How come you don't have a job? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's not what it's about. Anyway, and, and then no, she I kind only of, hire hotties. Yeah, then she kind of walked walked around went, blah, blah, and then walked out. And I was like, oh, that, you're so lucky that, yeah. I'm like, what? She picked you out as being hot. You could have been one of Serena's boys. Imagine that. Imagine being. <laughs> That's how you get off the doll, baby. Um, see, when I went to that same thing and I hadn't been on it for ages, I'd never been on it and I had housemates that were like, girl, you got no money. You live in a barn. <laughs> you eat once a day. Probably think about it. And it was just before I was about to do summer fills on Triple J yep. where I would have been paid money. So I went there and I was like, it's not going to be for very long, like six weeks or something. And they, like, the Fitzroy Serena Rosso really, it was so weird. It was such a weird energy. I went to go do the class that they were going to make me do. And then the girl was like, you're too smart for that. You don't have to do that. Don't worry about doing it. So I'll sign you off for those. And then she sat me down. I had to do the class listener, just so you know. Yeah. Well, you have to be hot <laughs> to the right people. <laughs> Not that useless, Serena. And then she sat me down and she was like, oh, God, I can't believe you're going to be on Triple J. It's going to be so amazing. And I was like, yeah, let me. And then she began listing everyone she could think of in the Melbourne music scene who had gone through Serena Russo in their, like, greatest, humblest moments. And then I got insert name from like rock band and he signed this cd for me and then this one signed this poster and just like ran through their best of and i was like oh my god you gotta shut your mouth yeah like no one is coming here feeling great about it when they're when they've just played the arias like a few months earlier like that to me was when i moved to melbourne i was like because i came so starstruck and just like you know i was 24 and i just thought like oh if you're on the radio like must doing really well and then i remember going to a gig on a saturday night at the spanish ballroom and it was sold out the gig of the the night you know around melbourne and the band's up there and they're killing it we party with the band afterwards and they're rock stars and it's so amazing and then on monday morning i went to a cafe and i scraped to get together enough money to like get some scrambled eggs and the waiter that served me was the lead singer and i was like oh what a humbling ecosystem i like this i had a very similar story so coming from tassie the same thing if you're if you've been on recovery you must be a millionaire this is amazing uh, there was a band I loved and they were one of these bands that were like, we're not selling out, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. We love and stupid. Then, Sell when so, so stupid because I saw him doing um, the uh, security at JB Hi-Fi. I'm like, and there is nothing wrong with having a real job. Ab- I actually try and have a real job even when I don't need to have a real job because it does my head good to go somewhere a few days a week. But I, it was very humbling to go, yes. oh, yeah. We're all pretty equal in struggling in an arts And that whole scene. not selling out, he could have just, and no one would have cared. Yeah. No one, especially now, going, fucking sell sell your songs to ads as soon as you make them. Like, yeah. you got to, this country is so fucked for the I art. made so many dumb decisions not selling out, Josh. I could, I could write a book about it. I should have sold out. That, that's the lesson here, kids. Sell out. <laughs> if sell, someone Selling out buy, just means people bought tickets. That's all it means. Yeah. Yeah. Or you slept with Serena Rosso. <laughs> You've got to do what you got to do. Should have done that. Mm. All right. So, uh, what I was going to say, oh, yeah. uh, Steve Rodway uh, had um, record company come to him and go, "Hey, we've got this act. We really, we really think they're going to be big. Can you do a remix for the song and play it in the clubs?" Because he was a DJ playing in clubs, and the act was the Spice Girls. The song was "Wannabe," and so he was playing in the club before it was even released, a remix of "Wannabe," and then people were like this song, we love this song, and then it was released, and all the clubbers were like, "Yeah, this is a great, great pop song. It's an amazing pop song." Yep. His highest profile work, though, he composed and produced the song Ooh Ah. Uh, Just a little bit. By Gina G. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, but similar, same energy. You can actually, I could hear that. I was like, yep. that's the kind of vibe of like a few of those songs from the 90s. They all have that same kind of speedy background. All right, so that is that is side A. So let's go through the songs and you just declare hit or not a hit. Okay. 100% Pure Love. Hit. Yes. Lucas with the lid off. I'll give it a hit. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Kenneth. You don't have to give it a hit just because I'm in the room. If you don't think yeah. it is, we won't. I mean, it's fine, but well, I wouldn't say hit. I, I, I don't think it's in the top 30 REM songs. So there you go. <laughs> I don't think there are 30 REM songs. Oh, some good, good songs. songs. Um, miss. Regulate. Hit. Absolute hit. Seven seconds. I mean, I know that millions of French people can't be wrong, but sometimes they can be. Mm. So miss for me. Standing strong, Wendy Matthews. Hit. I swear, all for one. Oh, the world's biggest miss. <laughs> I swear to turn it fucking off. <laughs> uh, I love the nightlife. Hit. And rockin' for myself. This is a tough one. Didn't like it at the time, but I will give its hook some cred. And I also enjoy knowing that he DJ Jar- Jarvis Cocker likes it. There you go. Good so- enough for Jarvis Cocker. Who am I to spit in Motivate's face? Once again, listeners, we are six out of nine, which seems to be a, a pattern here, which is pretty good. Pretty I good. Think that's pretty good for a yeah. 90s compilation CD. Not 100% hits, but it's pretty good. Hey, thank you so much for doing this, Jess. Absolute pleasure, Josh. Where can people find you? Nowhere, mate. I've given up. Given up? No. Just have... listen to this then. No, be a guest. no, no. I'll be good. Um, no, no. Uh, where can they find me? I mean, is Twitter still. By the time this gets Who published, knows? we might not even have Twitter anymore. Are you a blue tick? Yeah. See, I'm not. So for me, I'm like, I don't understand what everyone's complaining about. I'm it's, not complaining about I know, it. I know you're not. But yeah. like so many people are going, oh, I'm like, it, it, yeah, it's, he's a cockhead. Yeah. But I'm sure the old owners were cockheads too. We just know about this one. I think it's more just like, it's like he doesn't quite understand what the verification was. I mean, I, I probably didn't need it, but that if you were vaguely famous, that you people that were interacting with you knew it was you so therefore it's not that thing where you know when someone has like a fake account they're like oh you're you're my number one fan i need to send you money but first you must you know that kind of whole shit and so verification stopped people getting like taken for a ride what's quite funny is because elon has it did get interpreted as a bit of a status symbol which is how elon's kind of interpreting it so he's like no no it's actually just a tick for like I pay extra and I'm cool yeah. and you can get that and you get priority stuff and blah, 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 blah. But then when everyone began changing their name to Elon Musk and their profile pictures to Elon Musk and he lost his mind and he was like, no, you can't impersonate people. And someone was like, wouldn't it be amazing if there was some kind of verification system? <laughs> so he's just like, just watching him choke. I don't know, but I am on there, Jess McGuire. I don't, I don't like him. Can I just say this? I don't oh. like Elon. I'm not staying up for him, but if I was in the same position, if I bought a company and everyone started making fun of me, I'd fucking kick Blow him off up. as well you spent 44 billion there is simply no way that that was a smart purchase remember when like murdoch bought myspace for 500 million and we just like you cannot forget how quickly those things can plummet yeah. it just take it took facebook turning take like taking off and then myspace was a dead zone and it can happen like that it's so funny yeah i love it anyway i'm not on myspace not on myspace mm, what not, am i doing not in your top eights what am I doing at the moment, mate? Do you need trivias or not? Oh, yeah, I do trivia. I host trivia go. on Wednesday night at the Corner Hotel in Richmond, which is always really nice, but it's booked out every week. You try and get, you try and get a table. Have try a crack. and get in. Uh, and just working on writing some stuff. So, Matt, that'll, that'll, that'll emerge eventually. Great. Hey, if you're in Sydney, I'm doing Don't You Know Who I Am, November 20 at the Vanguard, followed by my show, Josh Earl Talks. So come along, tickets at joshearl.com.au. Very good lineup. Becky Lucas, Ben Coshin, Tom Cashman, Daniel Walker. Very good. And in Melbourne, 
December 18, a live 100% hits for the first time ever. We're doing volume 17. There are going to be live performances of the songs. We have songs like Radiohead's High and Dry, mm-hmm. Seals, Kiss by a Rose. Oh, strong. Jill Sabule, I, I Kissed a Girl. girl. One, of two. one of two. One of two. I Kissed a Girl, mega hits, but Katy Perry's is less good. This is the one that's actually written by a lesbian. Yeah. And also, uh, what else we got? Uh, Common People by Pulp is another oh, song. Great. Very, very good. Very good songs. And as soon as you saw that coming up, you were like, better do a live show. And it fits in perfectly with Christmas as well. And all, all the proceeds are going to the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. So go to joshua.com.au, get your tickets. Hopefully I see you there. It's at the European Beer Cafe. Anyway, enough from us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.